0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of The Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, and I'm here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited for this show. Me too. We've been talking (laughs) about this one forever. We have since we launched the podcast over a year ago. We've been saying we wanted to do a show about personality types and personality tests, because it really does overlap and impact our parenting, I think, and our experience as a mom. And, and it's just fun to talk about. So I
1: absolutely agree. I have to say in my house, I I annoy people a lot because I talk a lot about personality types. And I would say some people in my family are skeptical (laughs) that this is even a thing.
0: (laughs) Well, I actually am kind of one of those skeptics, but I still find it fascinating. And we'll get into, into that. Um, But we are going to break this up into two shows. So this week, we're going to kind of talk generally about the idea of personality types and personality tests. And we're going to give you guys a couple of our favorite tests and send you off to take them if you wish, if you want to play along. And then next week, we're going to go a little deeper into our Myers-Briggs type, our Enneagram type, we'll get to what all that means. Um, and talk about kind of the implications of all of this. So uh, sit back. This is a two, this is a double header, uh, part one, part two. <laughs> Which forth. you guys, if, if you're
1: regular listeners, you know means we're going on vacation. So we're both yeah. recording in the same day or we're recording <laughs> both episodes
0: in the same day. That's but. our little behind the scenes <laughs> secret. Um, but you guys will experience them a week apart. And we thought it would be fun because you can uh, go do your own personality profiling test and, uh, next week we will reveal our types and talk about some more fun stuff. Yes, so should do we just, it. should we just do it? Let's just yeah. do it. All right. Well, I want you to start because you are a more self-professed fan and <laughs> lifelong, uh, hobbyist when it comes to Yeah. Stuff. So just <laughs> talk about that. Excuse me. Well,
1: you know, when you were a kid and you had like teen magazine or young miss or one of those, and like there was a quiz, and it yes. was like, what's your boyfriend type or, yes. you know, what's your fashion type? I, I was obsessed with those quizzes. I was always on this journey, I felt like, of trying to figure out who I was. And, um, you know, the unfortunate part about the, a lot of those tests is they're really dumb. <laughs> right.
0: And you can you crack know. the code. The, you like can crack the, the code test. really <laughs> easily.
1: And you can make it be whatever you want it to be. And I think we actually talked about this in a... An episode where we talked about fashion, and I was saying, like, when I used to take those quizzes you know, as a younger person, yeah. I would say, what's your fashion type? And I always wanted to be the romantic type, mm-hmm. and I would, so I would, like, try to skew the answers right. that I chose to get that, and then I realized that those kind of clothes totally don't work for me, and I don't feel comfortable in them at all, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, it's very possible to skew any test, I think, but... um I've just had – and we're not going to reveal this episode, so I'm not going to say yeah. what those results were, but we've had a couple of – I've had a couple of experiences where I've taken a uh, legitimate personality test, not one of those weird ones that comes up on Facebook that's like, which color yeah. do you like best? Which, those, which yeah. Disney princess are you? Yeah. Or the, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but like a Myers-Briggs or more recently the Enneagram and was not even really happy with my results. So that's, I think that's truly Ooh. the test of whether mm-hmm. or not um, – you if, whether it's a legitimate test is I took it I took it a few several times I think I've taken Myers-Briggs now like 20 times and it always comes up the same mystery result um and I'll try to throw the results and I can't and when I read when I read the when I read the sort of description there's this uncomfortable familiarity with it where I'm mm-hmm. like oh this really is me you know it's It's like the good stuff and the bad stuff Mm -hmm. all rolled into one. So, um, yeah, I just think there's a lot to it. And I have to say, I also think, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was very – I was really just kind of interested in finding out more about myself. But Mm -hmm. as I've gotten, you know, deeper into a long-term marriage now and have all these kids who are getting older – it's really good to know what other people are, even if they don't believe in it. I think right. it's really helpful to kind of look at who they are in a, in a basic essential level and then compare it to your own and see mm-hmm. where those pitfalls might be. Because, you know, we're all different people and we yeah. need different things and we um, express ourselves differently. And I, I think it can be really helpful to know that stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I guess my relationship to personality tests is a little different. I am a skeptic. I forced you to take one of the kind of retreat. <laughs> well, you actually no, you probably have opened my eyes a little to the good ones versus the maybe corny ones that aren't as revealing. And, right. and some of it may have been kind of resistance to the, I guess like as a personality trait, I'm always suspicious of oversimplification and I really resist kind of, uh, categorization when it's surface level. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. So I, I always... actually am kind of the same, honestly. Right. Yeah. Well, so I think I just didn't give... And then, as we discuss often on this show, both you and I have a little uh, trend aversion yes. in us. So yep. I feel like the last several years, Myers-Briggs... I, I must have missed the boat initially. I know Myers-Briggs has been around a long time, but I feel like I didn't start hearing about it till I was reading parenting blogs. And then I felt like everyone was talking about it. Right. And I just kind of was like what is this cult? What are these letters? (laughs) So, so I don't know. I did like the quizzes in the teen magazines, but I guess it did feel kind of like reading your horoscope, like fun when it applied, but sort of silly and surface level. And Mm -hmm. I have come around. I don't necessarily think that. I do think there's a lot of value, especially in some of these more thoughtful tests. Um, I, I think the longer the test, the more possibility of really getting some insightful results. And I also think Just the internet and all these creative people out there on websites. There's just a lot of cool ways to experience this stuff. I guess what would you have done before really um, user friendly interfaces? Would you have taken like a print test? I I think I
1: actually did take a print version of the Myers Briggs like in college. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think I had to like fill in little bubbles. I don't remember how it was scored or anything. I just, I very clearly remember sitting down and filling in bubbles. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So I think but it, it's I, definitely become
1: a lot more user friendly. User right?
0: friendly, and then really interesting things you can do with it. I always enjoy both with Enneagram and also with some of the Myers Briggs sites. It's almost the stuff after you find out your type that's really fascinating to me. You know, a little bit deeper analysis about like how you work in how you work in a work environment or what kind of partners you know ship issues come up. So I think probably the internet has enabled probably a lot of. Fluff and craft, but also mm. some interesting ways to present that information. Whereas you know, before it would have been maybe more simplified, or I don't know. I don't know why I yeah. have such resistance, but I'm coming around. So, um, so I, do, you,
1: do you think we should talk a little bit about what these type, what these tests that we enjoy, yes. actually Let's are? Talk,
0: yeah. Yeah, let's talk about okay. Myers Briggs and talk we'll talk about Enneagram. Let's go a little bit deeper conceptually into those. So yeah. maybe let's talk about Myers Briggs for those out there who, like me, five years ago, maybe aren't as familiar. Because I think it is so com- it's a common one, but not everybody is familiar. Or those who've been avoiding it. Yeah. Like me. What <laughs> yeah. are these four letters? Yeah,
1: yeah. So Myers Briggs is basically it's it's based on the idea that there are 16 basic personality types. And um there are four letters. You you get four letters and it's between two. So there, but there are 16 combinations. That was a really clunky way of saying it. So it's either, you're either extroverted or introverted. Um, there's one that's sensing or judging and that or sensing or intuition, which is about how you, um, take in information. Or intuition, Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Thinking or feeling, which is about how you make decisions and then judging yep. or perceiving, which is kind of like how you, I guess, deal with the outer. Yeah. Are you world? reading this?
0: You're
1: good. Um, I read it right before we started talking. So okay. Because, yeah, I'm, I have it up It's not, like, right off the top of my head. But, yeah. <laughs> and I always, like, screw up which letter comes where. So I did have to school myself a little bit before.
0: <laughs> before.
1: Yeah. Um Now, it doesn't mean – if you get one or the other, it doesn't mean, like, say you get, you know, judging. It doesn't mean you don't perceive anything. And if you get right. thinking, it doesn't mean you don't have feelings. I mean, right. it's right. just kind of what you tend to gravitate toward. And then of those, so, you know, when you take the test and there's like lots of different tests you can take and we'll link to some of those, mm-hmm. um, it assigns you a little four letter type based on, based on that. And the one that I like, and I don't know if this is the one you took, Sarah, but I did the one at 16personalities.com yeah, I like and I like it cause it's really cute and it gives you like a little per, like a little avatar, yes. like a little cartoon avatar that's your type. So whether you're, you know, the idealist or the debater or the, I can't think of the rest off my top of my head, but yeah. You know, there's this little description of who, who that person is. Yeah. And and oh, the advocate. There's just there's a bunch, and they're 16. <laughs> um, and like kind of what that what it means to be that that type. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience. But most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Listeners, our place offers a hundred-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMOUR at checkout to receive ten percent off site-wide. That's fromourourplace.com code MOMOUR.
0: Yeah, and I think um, I think the sixteen is kind of a nice number. There's a lot of different combinations of those four letters, obviously. And then most good tests will also give you kind of a continuum or a sliding scale of where you are in each of those four diamet you know cat whatever pairs yeah. within the four pairs. So I one of the reasons, and we'll talk more about this next week specifically, but one of the reasons I have trouble with Myers Briggs is. I'm really borderline on those two middle letters. And so I've had tests come out either way. I'm very clear yeah. on the first letter and the last letter. <laughs> but um, but I do like seeing that where it will be like, you know, 75% judging or whatever. Or, you know, it will give you a sliding scale or a percentage. Yeah. Of where you are on the continuum of those pairs. And that's kind of cool too, because not every, you know, E, S, T, P or whatever it would be is going to look exactly the same. And obviously not every person of any of these personality profiles we're talking about would be exactly the same as someone else. But, um, I think that's kind of fun to see that, that, um, sliding scale come up graphically and kind of see where you scored.
1: Yeah. Some of them now will even add on like a, like a qualifier at the end. So you get, you know, your four letters plus another letter that kind of means, I don't, I don't really get it. I kind of ignore it. Honestly, yeah, I, I find that it makes, that it, makes it a little confusing. It makes it too confusing for me. Okay. It's just, I don't need to know the type I am plus right yet another qualifier, right. <laughs> another characteristic um, that makes it, I didn't find that as helpful. Maybe if I really dug in and got really into it, I'd find that helpful. But for me, it's just nice to, I mean, I don't, I'm not that deep into it, I guess what
0: I'm saying. Right. No, but I think it's fun. I do think, do you feel like it's funny that people who are really into Myers-Briggs, it's almost like it's a sorority sister or something when they're like, oh my gosh, I'm a blah, 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 blah too. And I I just find that funny because like you and I are, well, reveal coming soon. We're, we're very different. Well, I (laughs) I mean, we've talked about how different we
1: are all along, so this is not a surprise.
0: (laughs) spoiler like we are different, but you and I actually have a lot of personality traits, I think that are really similar. Yeah. And so anytime you're, I, I don't know, I guess, again, it's me being a little judgy or a little suspicious of the uh, finality that it sometimes yes. seems like is applied to this. Like, this is just a diagnostic tool. It's a conversation starter. It's right. not, and I think most people know that too, but I do yeah. think it's funny where it's like, oh, you know us, you know us INTJs or whatever. <laughs> well, and you know, it's
1: funny when I, when I, um, have gone online and, like, looked for articles and stuff about my type. Um, our two types, I think, often come up in, like, the the people who are best friends because mm-hmm. when it, there's – and there's something to it. It's, like, the order of the, le- the letters that line up – I don't know. It's, like, okay. the function of the letter or something. If you have one that – is the same. And I don't think, do we have any that are the same? Depends so, on when you well, take. Well, it depends, depends on which test I take. Yeah, it depends a, on which I'm test you weirdo. take. I'm a weirdo.
0: But yeah. in, in some results, in, in some states, results, in yeah. testing scenarios, you and I are exactly opposite. Like every yes. one is opposite. Well, but the, what
1: they'll talk about, and there's a one, um, there's a site called Thought Catalog, and uh, there's okay. a woman on there named Heidi Preve and her stuff comes up all the time. And she'll talk okay. a lot about relationships between people of different types, okay. and why some of those opposites work, and why certain opposites work better than others, and why sometimes... It doesn't work when it's the same, right? Like, right. You know, my type and another person of my type, I could see being really, um, like good pals, but maybe not business partners, mm-hmm. or maybe not married. You know, so it's it's a very it's you know opposites do attract in a lot of ways. Um, and I think there's can always be crossover, but maybe it's really, maybe it's really like that deep down motivation, and I don't even know. Yeah, which brings us to the Enneagram.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so let's, let's talk jump in about that. the Enneagram. Yeah. Um, And I want to jump in real quick and just remind people that the show notes for this episode, which is episode 57, will be loaded with good stuff. And even if you're listening to this a year from now, um, I think this will be a a great standalone episode. We will link to a ton of articles and the actual tests and more fun stuff. So I just, I don't, sometimes we say that at the end and people might've tuned us off already, but don't forget they're like, to go. God, to, you guys <laughs> just
1: keep rambling. You don't know what you're talking about. It's the mom <laughs> yeah.
0: and look for or search for episode 57 and, yeah. um, all, everything we're talking about will be there. So sorry, continue. That's um, okay. Let's talk about Enneagram. So the Enneagram was one
1: that I didn't know anything about and just kind of came across my radar about a year ago or so. Um, and I took it and was quite unhappy with my result. So unhappy that I went back and took it two more times because I was like, this cannot possibly be right. This is not me. This is not who and, – and really what I was saying is this is not who I, I want to be. Um the Enneagram is based on nine types and instead of – so like Myers-Briggs, the way I see it is Myers-Briggs It's kind of like the way you present to the world. It's the way you interact with the world. It's the way the world interacts with you. It's um, your level of extroversion versus introversion, like all those things. And the Enneagram is more based on what is the one – like if you had to boil it down, what is the one motivator mm-hmm. that basically causes you to do things the way you do?
0: Mm-hmm. Or um, almost, I'm looking at them now. It's almost like, what is your role? Yeah. What is your role, your role as a in relationships as a member of society? Yeah. Like, what's the hat that you wear?
1: Yeah. But it all boils down to what is the, the driving need. It's like, what is mm-hmm. the so for like um, for I think I can't remember if it's number one or number nine is the peacemaker, and so yeah, their need nine. Yeah. their yeah. need is to keep things calm mm-hmm. and steady, and for everyone to get along. Um, number two is the helper, and their need. I mean, and and you can really look at it, and it kind of they really boil it down and strip away all the, <laughs> if you get really into the results, they really strip away all the kind of extraneous stuff. And it's like the number the number nine is terrified of the world falling apart or whatever it is. Number two is afraid of being rejected. Number three, and I can't remember what they all are at the top of my head, but you're looking at them, Sarah. So maybe you can name yeah. some off.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Um, so there's an individualist is number four. An enthusiast is number seven. The challenger is number eight. So they're these sort of and yeah. I think,
1: like, I think, like, the enthusiast's fear is being ordinary. so Stuff like that. Like, you can really, like, if you really get into it, it really boils down to, like, what is the thing that makes you choose the things that you choose and become that role, take on right. that role. Right. Um. So when I took it out, it was not what I expected it to be. And I took it several more times. And then the more I read the answer, I was like, no, it was totally right. It's totally right about me. And it's not always flattering. Um. In fact, the one that I really like was at um, – Eclectic Energies, I think, was the Mm -hmm. test I liked. But then I think the Enneagram Institute... Yes, and that's what I'm looking at right now. ...were the results that I liked because it Mm -hmm. was a little more in-depth. And, I mean, it really goes from like... It also ranks you from like a level of one on the healthy scale, which is great, and most Mm -hmm. people aren't there, Mm -hmm. to nine. And it's like a healthy, your number at number one looks like this, and you look awesome. No matter what number you are, if you are number one on the um, the functionality scale, you're great. But if you're like a number nine... I right. mean you're just like the worst person ever <laughs> well,
0: and that's, <laughs> so, that's what's fascinating, right yeah. is because even if we totally buy into this is, these this is my personality type, I love that Enneagram acknowledges that the types aren't good or bad, but within each type there's like a strong, healthy way to enable like embody that role and then there's a sort of like insecure and fear-based way to be in that role, which which is really interesting stuff if you think about it. Yeah. Um, So it's not so much the, you know, what's the healthiest personality among the nine. It's, you know, how can you, how can you be in that healthy place within your type? type. Exactly. And a lot of that is
1: recognizing your type um, and understanding where you can go bad with it you know and then understanding the other people's types around you that's and that I think was so fascinating we all took that at um beyond retreat last yeah. year and I loved finding out you know yeah. the, the numbers of the people around me I thought it was fascinating I also thought and again no spoilers this time but I also thought it was fascinating how many of us were the same numbers yeah. not all the same but like we surround ourselves yeah. with people with people with other people who complement us or balance right. us out,
0: I think. Right. And so you saw a lot of patterns pop up again yeah. and again and again. And, um, just to go into a little more detail, Enneagram also gives you a wing. Do you want to explain that? So you have a dominant type, which is a number, like you might be a four and then they give you what it's sort of like a, you know, I don't know, how would you call it? Like a minor, uh, a major yeah, that's a kind
1: minor. of that's To me, that's kind of like the qualifier, the, like the additional qualifier on the, um, On the Myers Briggs, I haven't. I don't really understand it that well. I think mine was like, there was two, and one is sexual, and one is social. (laughs) Well, but then they say, but the sexual one isn't actually sexual. It just means like one on one. It means like you like. Oh, you're talking about the other thing, the wing number. Yes, which is kind of like another number of the nine
0: that. That is where you lean. And it's usually a number next to you, right? So if yes. you were a four, so you either lean, lean toward yes. three or five. Yeah. And there's some interesting, I mean, I don't think that means anything unless you read more about it, but um, I think when you get into that level of reading, there's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah.
1: Too. I'm thinking of a variant because a test yeah, I took I also didn't. gives you a sexual or social variant. And I was like, <laughs> oh, a sexual variant. But it turns out that just means that you um, deal better with one on one relationships than multi, okay. you know, but I was yeah, like, well, no, why, I why did you just far say far. that
0: then? It made it sound way too exciting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's funny. Um, okay. Well, we do want people to go and take at least, well, we don't, you don't have to, you can completely reject this idea, but we would love listeners to, if you're interested, go take these two tests. We will link to the Myers-Briggs at 16personalities.com and the Enneagram one at what was that? So eclecticenergies.com is the one where the Enneagram I like test that test. Yep. Yeah. We'll link to them both, but just in case it helps for you to hear them. Um, and then by next week, you guys will have taken them, and then we can continue the conversation. But and, we want- and I also like, but I, if
1: you, after you take the test, go to the Enneagraminstitute.com <laughs> to read the descriptions. I just think their descriptions are better, so I've got yeah. you jumping all over the place. They have they did it really cool. They kind of have, um they have, you know, well-known personalities in each yes. type. And I, I really yes. like the way it's laid out.
0: It's really fun. You could lose an entire evening afternoon. Yeah. Doing just morning. You probably, and that will. brings up a question. What does John think about all of this? Is He, he thinks accepted? it's a bunch of bull crap. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's why we're not the same type. He's probably, he's probably the type that doesn't ever take the test because they think it's crap. So, I mean, right. he took it for me just cause I bugged him about it so much, but he kind of feels like people answer what they want. And that, um, like people almost use it as an excuse for their more negative personality traits. Mm-hmm. And, and my opinion is that none of them are negative. I mean, they're all, they all just are what they what they are. Right. We all have better sides and, and worse. You right. know, we all have things about us that are flattering and things that are less flattering. I don't really think of that as me excusing anything of myself because I'm this type. I, I more look at it as how do I be the best version of who I am?
0: Yeah. Um. But and I think I anything know. that leads you, any inroad to self discovery is, right. is a good start. You know, it might, yeah. some, it comes in different forms for different people. For some people, it's books and like self help reading or, yep. you know, spiritual practice. It's, you know, but anything that's sort of like gets the wheels turning when it comes to introspection and self discovery, I think is fine. Yeah. And I, I think
1: that, I think it wouldn't be surprising if it turned out to be true that some of the types are less likely to be interested in self-awareness totally. <laughs> you know or or maybe are just too logical and don't have time for that I mean I just think there's diff- different types I can see being drawn to finding mm-hmm. out what their type is which is mm-hmm. kind of funny I wonder if sometimes if it skews the results to where yeah you know you would think there's more of a certain type in the world but that's because those people are the ones, the ones who are more likely to take the test, that's take so
0: the test. Yeah. yeah that's so funny Um, well, one thing we want to spend a good chunk of time talking about in this show is introversion versus extroversion, because that's a topic that is so kind of hot right now and kind of transcends just Myers-Briggs, although that is, you know, the first letter pair in the Myers-Briggs. Um, before we launch into that, I want to give a shout out to a couple of other podcasts that we listen to who've done great shows on personality types, um, Megan Teets of the Sorta of Awesome podcast. If you guys haven't um, checked her out, she has a great show. She has rotating um, co-hosts and um, just a fun show. But she is really into this stuff. And I went because I know I listened to one about personality types of hers. But I, then I went to her Tumblr, which is where she archives her shows, and they've actually done it like three times. So if you're totally love to just chat and geek out about this stuff, definitely check out Sorta of Awesome. Um, and then Gretchen Rubin, who we've mentioned several times on this show has a podcast called happier. That is, I think dovetails right with all of this kind of stuff. Um, and I'll link to her show. She, um, has something called the four tendencies. Have you read about that, Megan? Yes. It's another mm-hmm. fun, we won't go into that one in detail, but that's another fun. I, think, I, think, I feel fun like we've talked about that a little, maybe like a little the bit. rebel and the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, upholder, yeah. the questioner, yep. the rebel. Yes. Yeah. And then our friends uh, Kelsey and Erica of the Girl Next Door podcast also devoted a whole show to doing their Myers-Briggs and kind of picking that apart. So there's no shortage. I wanted to give a little shout out to those other podcasts and I will link to those. They probably do a lot much more eloquent job. We're we're your starter resource.
1: We're just getting the ball rolling. We'll
0: point you to more polished (laughs)
1: conversation.
0: Um, Okay. So let's. Go into introverted, extroverted. Is it just me, or is this has this become something that people talk about even more in the last like, five oh my years? gosh. yes, it's it's all over the place.
1: it's it's blown up. I mean, I feel like, you know, ten years ago, people who were really into this kind of stuff were talking about it. And then suddenly, like, two years ago, the whole rest mm-hmm. of the world discovered it. And now every day, when I mean, you can't scroll through Facebook without seeing a meme, like, you'll know, like all extroverts can relate to this, or Mm -hmm. this is how you know you're an introvert. I mean, it's just – it's kind of everywhere. And the unfortunate thing, I think, is it starts to become a little pat and a little, Mm -hmm. like what you were saying, oversimplified. Mm -hmm. Um, Those top ten lists about, like, all X will Mm -hmm. recognize this, I Mm -hmm. I don't find them to be universally true all the time. No. And and I, for a long time, really couldn't figure out whether I considered myself an extrovert or an introvert. Um, You know, they say the basic – that the basic – I guess indicator is whether you feel uh, like your well is filled, like you're energized by social <laughs> events or are you more drained and you need to be alone mm-hmm. to kind of get the energy, you know, like which energizes yep. you more. Yeah. That's what I've heard too. And yeah, for me, it completely amazing. depends on the day. I mean, I couldn't, there are times I come home after having a chat with a few people and I'm like, whoa, you know, I'm like revved up and I want to, I, I just have so much energy and, um, so much creativity and inspiration. And then there's times I come home and I just want like to know when to talk to me for a while. And right. I will also say that for a long time when my kids were really clingy, I thought I was an introvert. And I think it was mm-hmm. just that I was um and I hope it's not I hope I can give away that
0: I'm not yeah, an introvert. Yes, we can reveal. Okay. We can reveal. <laughs> okay. On this letter.
1: Um I was all so for a long time I thought I was an introvert because I had a lot of social anxiety for about 10 years of my life, which I've kind of gotten over, but especially in a new situation or like a crowd or a party. um, And I've just learned how to deal with that. And I don't really have that anymore. But that also kind of made me think I was an introvert. And in reality, I just didn't really know how to kind of, I think I was more insecure than anything. I just didn't really know how to like insert myself into a social situation that was unfamiliar. And the other thing was having little kids, like Mm -hmm. having little kids climbing all over me. It made me want to run away screaming, but to a quiet place where no one would talk to me. Right. And that right. made me feel introverted. But really, and I was also, I also under my, or under, I guess, um, considered the fact that I was getting tons of interaction from people online. So mm-hmm. I would feel like, you know, I don't ever talk to anybody. Why don't I want to go out and see people? And I didn't realize it's because I'd spent my entire day chatting on whatever social media network I was on. Right. The steel's not available on their regular website. Go to H I Y a H E a L T H.com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. So there was still a lot. I was like a lot of interacting. I didn't need any more at that right. time. So right. I don't know. Do you have a similar experience? Like, have you been confused?
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I just, I, again, because I wasn't really clued into this whole discussion until probably a few years ago, my, I am an introvert, but my first, the, like the larger perception of introverts, right? And I think a lot of people have worked hard to change this, is that they're antisocial or loners. And now I think we know that that's not always the case. And it's much more the way you describe, which is where do you you recharge your energy? Do you recharge your energy in a situation where you're feeding off of other people in social interaction? Or do you recharge your energy in a more solitary way? That doesn't mean you're by yourself all day or that you don't like people. So I think I did... I, like a lot of people and like the public perception, I had to kind of come to an understanding of that. Um, I I am not an extreme introvert. So just like you having some kind of like identity crisis around it, I don't have a lot of the traits of introverts. I don't have a lot of social anxiety. I don't even mind small talk. In fact, I'm usually more comfortable with small talk than I am with like, let's just go deep. And yeah. And <laughs> I, I, hate small talk, but right. I've, so I've gotten I better at it, but way. yeah. But so I don't mind, um, I don't mind social gatherings. I don't love crowds. That is true. You guys know, I, I hate fun. And part of that is I don't like the, I don't like this. Um, what do you call it? Like the sensory overload yeah. of big crowds and big parties. But while there, that might be tied to introversion, I feel like it's more of a, sensory sensitivity, actually, to me, like, I don't like big, like feeling really crowded in a space or a lot of noise. So I don't do well at fairs and concerts and that kind of stuff. Um, But I don't mind parties and social gatherings and all of that. So I didn't, I didn't fit the introverted mold the way I saw it. But there's no denying that I get my energy or recharge by being alone. And I also process information. I I don't know if I made this up or if this is written anywhere out there, but I think another good indicator is how you process ideas. Like you, I'm not, I'm not going to label you, Megan, but maybe this is true that I know you like to talk through ideas with people or, you know, by email to get things out. And I almost have to like, Completely do them inside my own head first before I yeah. can talk them through. Does that make sense? That is, a pr- I think that... I've actually read that's a pretty
1: classic extrovert introvert um, yeah. delineation, and I'm totally that way. Like if it's just living in my head, it's like it doesn't really even exist until I've expressed right. it, and then I'm like, oh, now I get, now I know
0: what it is. Right, and um, I'm the opposite. Yeah. I actually get a little uncomfortable talking through ideas that I haven't written down or thought through yet because I'm not sure. It's like I'm not sure what I think because I yeah. haven't processed it by myself so that's an interesting I actually
1: I mean, you know we we talked about the quiet or we didn't yet yeah, there's that no. the site um the quiet revolution site I think it's quietrev.com and it was started by Susan Cain who wrote the book quiet mm-hmm. um I wrote for that site for a while and I want to say actually one of the articles I wrote was about how to kind of make yourself heard in business meetings if you're an introvert because often like you seem behind the eight ball because you're not talking, but that's mm-hmm. because you're thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then all the extroverts are kind of running the show. And so mm-hmm. um, we should link to that too. Cause that was kind yeah. of, I thought that was interesting. And it was just about that, like how you're quietly processing your thoughts cause you're not comfortable putting them out there yet. And then you're being railroaded. So how do you not get railroaded? Yeah,
0: that's true. Well, and yeah. you know, when we work together, right? Like we'll, we'll talk through things. I totally railroad
1: and- you all the time.
0: See, I just did it just now. <laughs> but then what do I do? I like disappear for a couple of days and then I write it all down and then it makes so much sense to me. Right. And I've kind of like regurgitated it and then we like, then we take it to the next level. So it's just, it, that is a really interesting component. So I guess all of that to circle back is I, I don't think I'm an extreme or a classic introvert, but I'm for sure an introvert. I'm an introvert who likes, you know, social interaction and yeah. doesn't mind. I, I don't have a lot of social anxiety. Sorry. Um, so I don't fit that part of the mold, but I do fit a lot of the other, and I'm also, and we can talk about this too, because I think this has fit into your extroversion. I'm also a homebody and I have seen some fun, interesting takes on what it means to be a homebody. You can be an extrovert, but prefer your own kind of like bubble of home and, and like having people into it. Um, and I'm definitely, um, a homebody in some ways more than I am an introvert. So if I can have people come to me or be close to home I'm happy (laughs) I
1: think this is where this I think this is where it becomes over easy to oversimplify and the limitations of having two types become to me a little frustrating yeah like you I don't like things to be simple I like things to be real and, and I like to really dig in and what is it we're actually talking about here um so there's a t- name for someone who doesn't really fall into one category or the other, and that's ambivert. But then what's okay. the point? i have kind of like, okay, well if you can be one, you know, if you can be ambiverted, then does either one even really exist? And right. um, what I like about Myers Briggs and Enneagram and other tests like that is it gives you a little more of an in depth way of looking at it. So like for example, and I'm not going to give it away, but I will next week, episode fifty eight. Um, <laughs> my my Myers Briggs type is. Known to be more ambiverted than most Mm, extroverted types. Um, Apparently, this is like of all of the extroverted types, this one doesn't like as much small talk. Um, This one is more likely to have a closer circle of friends than a huge circle Mm -hmm. of friends. But then again, you know, I think about that and I've really never thought of myself as someone who loves to be the center of attention in a huge crowd. Right. Right. Because I don't, I'm not a friend collector. I, I don't have tons of friends. I've never been comfortable having hu- like a huge group of friends. It's just not how I operate. But I do have a huge group of um, acquaintances. They're yeah. called my Facebook friends. I think I have like 2,000 or something. It's kind of crazy. So I do get a lot. Like I'm when I'm scrolling through my you know, my social feeds, I'm getting tons of interaction and feedback and possibility, like little conversations I can jump into at any time mm-hmm. if I want to. And sometimes I'll jump onto someone's feed and then I will never talk to that person again. Not on purpose. <laughs> it's just because I don't even know how they ended up on my Facebook in the first place. We Like, right. you know what I mean? And that's fine with me. I don't mind that. Um, but that doesn't mean every time I go out, I want to be in a room with a ton of people talking to them. And right. I often sometimes like going to crowded situations where I'm sort of anonymous and where mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, one person in a, in a room full of people, but I don't actually speak to anyone. That's actually something that I enjoy doing a lot. So I think there's like a lot of limitations to this stuff. I think the internet and social media has skewed it and we don't always take that into account. Right. Um, and I also think, you know, it's, there's just so much room for our own interpretation of each type, you know, so. But it's a useful thing. It's a useful thing to know. It I've, is a useful thing. Um, I've I've actually been able to think about my kids' needs more, mm-hmm. as far as you know, which ones of them need to have more friends, need to be doing more stuff, need to be out more, and the ones yeah. who are just happy to sit in their room that used to worry me a little bit, and then yeah. I kind of had
0: to realize that that's okay too. You know, yeah. no, like I think that. that's I think that's really good, and and that we don't need to impose our needs on them. You know, right. that it's if you go back to that basic indicator of where do you recharge your battery or where do you get energy and ideas it's it's not you know neither one is bad or good it's just who you are so it you know recognizing that our kids are different for sure and that they might not need what we need and that's absolutely um Okay. Well were there any other I, tests we were going to talk about? Oh, you know, I wanted to
1: mention to you, you had mentioned StrengthsFinder, which is... Yeah, um, we're going to mention some that we're not going to talk about just because it's, yeah. it's interesting how many are out there. So yeah, let's, let's do that. Well, okay. So StrengthsFinder is one that I... It's more like geared toward the workplace, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm not yes. super... I'm not really super, um, I don't know, involved with it. I don't know a ton about it. But I remembered that I had taken this test at some point. So I just searched it in my email,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a draft email that I sent, <laughs> that I wrote to you... Oh. In 2013 popped up, <laughs> and so I never sent it to you. But I did take the StrengthsFinder test, and um,
0: and, then and I was gonna, gonna, gonna email it to
1: you, and I just didn't do it. So I'm gonna send that email <laughs> right funny. now, you guys. I am live emailing Sarah. Live emailing. I'm hitting send right night. now, Sarah.
0: I.: So now you're gonna
1: know my StrengthsFinder
0: results, but we're okay. not gonna talk about them today. <laughs> well, do you have to pay to take a StrengthsFinder? No. In my limited research yesterday. Uh, when I was preparing for this show, I thought you did, so that was one. reason. No, I found some free ones somewhere. I don't okay. remember. I mean, it, you, you have to. I think you have to pay to get any good results. Okay, got it. Well, that, I mean, and that's the case, I think, in all of these. To go yeah. deeper, you can pay. Um, what about love languages? I don't know very Ooh. much about them, but I know yes. that I hear about it. What about that one?
1: So, love languages is something that I thought sounded so corny when I first <laughs> heard about it. I mean, even the, it's the name is so drippy. I just couldn't. I just couldn't with that. But I did end up reading um, I don't know, a website once that kind of laid them out and it makes so much sense and it's really not drippy at all. And it, it's basic, just like, it's, it's just basic common sense, really. And so basic, and I'm not going to, I'm going to bungle this again. Gosh, we're so good at like being so surface about everything and not really knowing what we're talking about, but I want to say it's the love of languages. Our
0: preparation, our preparation <laughs> style for this podcast is outstanding, you guys. <laughs> so the love
1: languages are, uh, I'm just going to try to rattle them off. Sarah, I Google it really quick, so in case okay. I get I get it wrong. Okay. It's um gifts, acts of service, quality time, physical touch, and there's one more. Okay,
0: acts of it. service.
1: Words of affirmation. I okay. got it. Okay. Okay. So what that means basically is that the lo- your love language are the ways that you feel loved when other people do those things for you. Now, okay. where it can get tricky is if you and your spouse or partner or kids don't have the same love languages you can kind of trample all over each other without even realizing it. And right. here's an example. Um, John loves to give gifts. Mm-hmm. And he loves for he, – he doesn't really mind like – you know, he doesn't feel like on his birthday he has to be showered with gifts. But little things like going to the grocery store and thinking of him while I was there and picking him up a special treat mm-hmm. was something that was really important to him for a long time, mm-hmm. and I never did it. So he would always bring me something home like a candy bar. And I'm like, I don't really even want this candy bar. Like what? And then, why do you keep bringing me candy bars, and then I'd go someplace and come home and and he'd say, "Did you get me anything?" And I was like, "Well, well, no, I just got the stuff on the list He's like well you didn't you didn't think of me while you were there. you didn't think to get me a treat. and I would be so confused. I'm like, "Well, I was grocery shopping. I wasn't there to get you a treat, you know, so it took me a long time to realize that that was a bigger deal for him
0: than it ever will be for me, and to try right. a little harder at that, right. you know, so that's just yeah. one example, yeah. But- no, I don't I'm just looking at them right now and trying to diagnose myself, which by the way, that must be a personality trait because every time I stumble onto one of these tests or types, I always read the descriptions and try and diagnose myself first, which is why what I did with Myers Briggs. I <laughs> I was telling you that I I tested three different ways, but that's not actually true. I have tested two different ways on a couple of different tests, but the third way was just me reading. You that just I self-diagnosed one. I was, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I
1: don't know. I, I, for me, me, I'm definitely um, more. I am physical touch and words of affirmation, and I just figured okay. that out by like thinking to myself. I actually kind of went backward. I just thought when something's not happening, what makes me feel worst? Yeah. Like if I could say, you know if we could eliminate one thing at a time mm-hmm. that I wasn't getting from my partner or friends mm-hmm. or whatever. And and it's always different. Like I have friends who I don't touch. Like I have friends who just aren't right. touchy people and I don't feel like, right. Oh my gosh, they right. don't love right. me. But I have to be getting that from someone. Like yes. I have to be getting that from John. Yeah. So, um, and he doesn't really need that as much.
0: So that's, that's another balance. Well, and that right? that's, isn't that an interesting one with regard to kids too? Because yeah. they're like, it's, you know, you get to, to snuggle your babies pretty much unlimited, but there's a, if you are someone who, you know, craves and likes physical touch and your child isn't, that's a different, you know, again, yeah. comes up the same or thing. Or vice versa as they get older and they don't always tell
1: you. It's not right. even like, it's not even like your kid will come up to you at 16 and be like, I really need a hug. I mean, not necessarily. Right. Some kids are really touchy and others maybe need it and don't say so. Yeah, so that's, that's another true. thing,
0: you know, that. I'm just looking now and I, I'm diagnosing myself as acts of service. Acts four. Of service. That does not surprise me. Yeah. Cause it says these individuals want their partners to notice that their own responsibilities are grand and sometimes daunting and that a helping hand every once in a while shows love and care. That's totally me. Yeah. Like, you know, feeling like a little bit of a martyr, like I've, you know, I'm doing everything, but then really wanting somebody to step in and be like, let me do yeah. that for you. Let yeah. me lift, lighten this burden. That is totally me.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, there's been times in my life where that was more important to me than it is now because i was so overwhelmed. Right. But now that I have everything, you know, things kind of more or less under control, it's just not as right. important to me. But the right. other, but the other things like have never gone away. Like I need, yeah, I need people to tell me I'm appreciated and I need right. like snuggles. <laughs> Snuggle. <Yeah. laughs> and also, you know, but again, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have said, I wouldn't have said I needed touch because I had little kids right. like climbing all over right. me. That's what I feel right. like all these answers get so skewed by where you are in motherhood or with your children. Like if yeah. you're already... If your whole day is one endless cuddle from multiple small people, you know, that's sometimes just enough and it doesn't really matter what your love language is. You're like, duh, I'm over this, right? And then you have a chance to kind of, I think that's why I've really gotten into this stuff more recently because I feel like it's a truer representation of who I really am as opposed to like who I am when my life revolves around a whole bunch of like small people.
0: Yeah, and your identity is completely tangled up in those relationships that you don't have quite as much control over. Exactly. exactly. It's not like you could sit down with your two-year-old and be like, let's let's talk about our partnership. Exactly. Let's talk about how we work together. Right. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, this has been really fun. And again, listeners, next week, episode 58, we will reveal our Myers-Briggs types, reveal our Enneagram types, and then talk a little bit more about parenting kids and having relationships with partners of varying types. So we're going to continue the conversation. All of this will be at themomhour.com. And again, if you're listening to this far into the future, just uh, use the search feature in the sidebar to search for episode 57 or search for personality types, and you'll find all the links, including the tests that we hope you guys will go take so we can continue the conversation next week. Oh, and tell, and if you want to leave
1: us a comment and tell us what your type is, that would be fun. Yeah. We could maybe call a few people out
0: or leave us a, or leave us a speak pipe message. Yes. Call in. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, this has been fun and we will be back for more next week in episode 58. Thanks everybody.